This is the Read to Lead Podcast Special Episode 385. There was a time in my career when I had someone introduce to me the right book at the right time that really sort of reignited that love for reading. It had been educated out of me. It's the common habit shared by many successful people throughout history. It's responsible for unlocking limitless creativity and influence. It's known to reduce stress, improve decision-making skills, and make you a better leader. Reading is the single best thing you can do to improve yourself professionally. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and this is the Read to Lead podcast. If you have visited this show in the past, you know that I believe that if you want to achieve true success in business and in life, that intentional and consistent reading is a must. And it stands to reason that someone who holds that belief might one day write a book espousing that belief. Well, I'm excited to share with you in this episode that Jesse Wisniewski, my co-author, and I have done exactly that in a brand new book called Read to Lead, the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. That's right. Today, we'll be doing something quite unique, you and me. I'm going to be the guest in today's episode, and our host is going to be my friend, Mr. Jody Mayberry. Together, Jody and I are going to explore my new book and discuss things like developing a consistent reading habit, especially if that's been a struggle for you, how you can leverage books and create your own curriculum if there's a particular area or skill you'd like to improve in, what to do if you struggle with implementing what you learn from books, and lots more. In short, if you already know that reading is critical for success, then Read to Lead, the book, will help you get more out of the books you read. And if you aren't a consistent and intentional reader yet, then Read to Lead will help explain why you should be and provide tips on how to jump into it pain-free. One topic that Jesse and I cover in-depth in the book is increasing your retention and comprehension of the things you're reading. Several months ago, I discovered an app that I was hesitant to even use at first because I thought it meant that to get the most out of it, I'd have to leverage ebooks or, or audiobooks and not my first love, physical books. But that's not the case with Readwise. I love using Readwise. It's especially helpful in retaining what you read. Each day or in whatever intervals you designate, Readwise sends you a set of reminders, however many you like, of your highlights from the ebooks you've read on your Kindle articles saved to Instapaper and Pocket, and, and notes you've added from the physical books you've read as well, plus articles from Medium, even tweets, email, iBooks, and podcast excerpts you want to revisit. Now, in addition to your highlights feed, the app includes a mastery feed, especially designed to help quiz you on certain passages and concepts as you use the app. It's a pretty slick tool. I mean, how often do you finish a book only to forget the key ideas two weeks later? Well, the thing is, we don't remember things by just reading them once. Readwise fixes that using a scientific process called spaced repetition. They surface your best highlights back to you at the right times and let you review them every day with the daily email and app. Now, with all of your highlights all in one place, Readwise gives you the power to organize and connect these ideas in new ways. You can use search to find a highlight instantly, tag it to cement its spot in your library, and add your own annotation to it as well. A great tool for something a lot of people struggle with. That's retention and comprehension. 
The folks over at ReadWise normally have a 30-day free trial, but just for listeners to read to lead, they've extended that by another 30 days. So you can actually use ReadWise free for two months, take advantage of all their features, and see if it's not right for you. So your homework over these next few weeks is to read, read to lead, and use ReadWise. To grab your special two-month free trial, go to readwise.io slash read to lead. That's readwise.io slash read to lead. Well, this is a first. It's kind of weird for me, uh, but I'm going to introduce the man who is the actual host of today's show because it's not me. He is the host of Creating Disney Magic, the Jody Mayberry Show. That's because his name is Jody Mayberry, uh, and also several other podcasts. And he affectionately refers to himself as the happiest podcaster on earth. My friend Jody Mayberry, who years ago said, Jeff, when you and Jesse, he didn't know Jesse yet, but when you and Jesse write a book, I want to come on your show and interview you. So I'm keeping that promise. Many people have asked that since, but I said, nope, it's Jody Mayberry. Thank you for being here, Jody. Take it away. Oh, Jeff Brown, first of all, I'm so excited. What an honor. And that conversation about hosting when you write a book, that was many, many years ago. And I can't believe we've stuck with it. And here we are. It's it's such a treat for me. But even more exciting is you have written a book and we're going to talk all about that. But first, we need to keep with the standard format of the Read to Lead podcast. So Jeff Brown is a speaker author and consultant who, after 26 years as an award-winning broadcaster, got downsized yet again in 2013 and has been happily jobless ever since. With a plan for a podcast already underway, he would go on to launch Read to Lead, the very show you're hearing right now, a four-time Best Business Podcast nominee. In addition to hosting new authors on a show each week, Jeff leads in-person and virtual workshop training for executives and teams, helping them to install reading cultures within their organizations. Their new book is called Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. Jeff, for the first time ever, welcome to your own show. Hey, Jody. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate it. All right. Well, it's good to have you. So let, let's just get right to this. So the, the book has the same name as this podcast. And here we are, 385 episodes into the Read to Lead podcast. Jeff, at what point did you realize you needed to write a book about reading books? When Jesse came to me, and suggested the idea. Yeah, if not for Jesse, and I need to give him a lot of credit here. If not for Jesse, this book uh, would not exist. Obviously, he he and I wrote the book together, so uh, you know our, both of our names are on the cover. But had he not reached out to me and made that brave decision to let me see if this guy thinks this is a crazy idea or if he likes this idea, the original title was The Reader's Edge. Uh, so you know, again, right up my alley. And as we talked with publishers, we obviously did get a book deal, and he and I sort of had this sort of divide and conquer mentality of of your strengths, my strengths, our strengths that are shared. And divided the writing up that way and, you know, had last year during COVID to write, there wasn't much else for me to do because I'd planned to launch into public speaking and, and workshops full time. And that didn't happen. So I had plenty of time to, to, to write uh, my portion. So, so yeah, I am so glad that he came to me. I, I was really in that place where this is something that I wanted to do, but the idea of doing it with someone else 
made it seem so much less overwhelming to me. So, so I very much keyed in on that and, and like that aspect of it. What do you want readers to take out of Read to Lead? As I've done the podcast all these years, the podcast I'm not hosting today, but all the other weeks I've hosted, um, it, it's, it's been a uh, sort of an audio cliff notes for people, right? A, a shortcut to reading or a way to audition books that you may want to read or dig into more deeply. But you can only survive on the cliff notes for so long, right? Eventually, you've got to take that next step, and that's to truly develop the habit and, and read books more fully. And so that is what made this book, Read to Lead, the next logical step. So the podcast is a great way to audition those books. It's a great way to get the key insights and main ideas. But some at some point, you're going to need to graduate into really digging into the meat of a book and understanding how to do that, how to get the most out of books. And this is what this book is going to help you to do more consistently and, and more intentionally. Well, Jeff Brown and I have known each other for a few years. So I already know that Jeff used to hate reading, <laughs> yet he hosts this podcast, Read to Lead, and now has written this book with Jesse. Jeff, what changed? How did you go from, I hate to read, to I talk to authors every week and now I'm writing a <laughs> book about reading? Well, it was very simple, really. There was a time in my career when I had someone introduce to me the right book at the right time that really sort of reignited that love for reading. It had been educated out of me prior to that. People who are regular listeners to the show have heard me use that, that phrase. And that's, that's not a slight on teachers. Teachers are some of the greatest people I've ever known and have impacted me tremendously. My sister's a teacher. She's a great one. But school, the system educated out of me the desire uh, to want to learn, to want to read. And I went 10 years without doing much of either. But thanks to a leader by the name of Matt Austin, who uh, this book is dedicated to, along with Seth Godin, whose book Purple Cow was that first book introduced to me in my early 30s. Uh, those two came together that they've never met and reignited my love for reading with that right book at the right time. It was exactly what I needed. It sparked that curiosity. And I began reading voraciously from there. And that's been now 18 years. Uh, so much so, as you hinted, I've, I've become a bit of an evangelist for it. I, I've seen my career transformed through this habit. And I've seen, as I interview authors, and authors first are readers, uh, I think, uh, Great readers make great writers, and I've seen it transform the lives of many of the writers that I've interviewed. So there's just too much evidence to how this can impact your life to not do it, in my opinion. Obviously, books are important to your career now. I would say your current career is based on books. But prior to that, when you were in radio, did reading have an impact on your career? Uh, definitely. I would, I would say that um, uh, it was responsible for as many as six promotions over the course of about 12 to, to 13 years. As I began experimenting with what I was reading, and by that I mean putting into practice what I was, was reading at my job, and I was reading marketing books. Uh, a few years later, I began reading books about social media. This is in the, you know, 2007, 2008, and Facebook is coming on strong, and Twitter, and uh, YouTube, and some, some other platforms. And we were, as, as an organization, thinking, how does this impact how we do what we do? Or how can we leverage these tools to more intimately connect with our listeners and things of that nature? So I was reading books on these topics to, to learn best practices and that sort of thing. As I began implementing things I was learning, the things that failed were quickly forgotten. But the things that worked got me noticed pretty quickly. Uh, that meant I ended up being asked to 
present to this faction of the company over here, the sales team about what I learned, and then go over here and present to the programming department about what I was learning about these, these topics. Uh, and so when I was asked to do that, I was like, oh, you know, I probably should read some public speaking books because uh, that's not something I've done a lot of. And now I'm being asked to do a lot of that to teach what, I, what I've learned. And as I did more and more of that, again, the, 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 my profile continued to, to rise to the point that I found myself presenting to the executive team uh, at our corporate office in Colorado Springs, which led to me coming alongside the president of the company and creating the presentation he would use to present to the world his 2020, at the time this was 2010, his 2020 10-year vision. And all of those things happened because I was doing one thing that most of my colleagues, certainly my colleagues at the other radio stations across the country, were not doing. And that was reading with intention and reading with consistency. And that simple thing put me out at the front of the pack. And I think that would hold today. I think still, and we have stats about this in the book, the the number of people reading a, a book or two, even just that a year is minuscule, let alone people reading you know, a book a month or a book a week. Hardly anyone reads anymore, but just by doing that, you can set yourself apart from the rest of the pack. So what can I do differently if I struggle implementing what I'm learning from a book? Hmm. I would say, give yourself some grace, first of all. But when you start to sit down to read a book, I would identify what do I want to get out from reading this book? Why am I reading it? What do I want to come away with? Have an, have an idea for why you're reading it in the first place. In other words, begin with the end in mind, right? As Stephen R. Covey says. So write that down. Write down your answer to what you want to get out of the book. And with nonfiction, that often means we don't have to start with chapter one. So when you've identified what you want to get out of it, go to the table of contents. Maybe you see that what you want to get out of it is found in chapter four, five, and six. Okay, read those chapters. <laughs> and if those chapters give you what you're looking for, Give yourself permission then to start implementing and step away from the book. So identify what you want to get out of it. Once you've done that, read the chapters that lend themselves to that. If you get a chapter or two in and the book's not doing it for you, you can set it down. You you don't have to finish a book that's not helping you accomplish the thing you said you wanted to accomplish by reading it. When you read Read to Lead, you'll find there's a lot of information that you're hearing from Jeff Brown on this episode on how to get the most out of books, how to read them effectively and implement what you learn. So what I'm interested in, uh, kind of as a side note, Jeff Brown, is there a benefit to reading a book if I'm not taking notes and making a plan to implement what I learn? Absolutely. Uh, It's going to depend on the book, but uh, reading nonfiction doesn't always have to mean I've got a list of to-dos of things to go now and implement. You can read a nonfiction book simply for how it impacts your thinking. And I do a lot of that with books. I'm reading a book right now called How to Take Smart Notes. I'm reading a book right now called um, Do You Talk Funny about implementing humor into your, your public talks. I'm not taking a lot of notes on either one of those books, even the one called How to Take Smart Notes right now, just because I want to read them for how they impact my thinking. Now, I may make a second pass at both of those books later and take more copious notes, but right now... I only have time to read them and not take notes on them. So that's part of it because I'm reading other books. I've got a book of my own coming out. And, and so that's all I have time to do right now. But uh, I think it's okay to read books for, for how they impact your thinking, whether they challenge your thinking or uh, confirm uh, thoughts you've already had. Don't be afraid to read books for that reason as well as to, to actually go out and, and, and implement certain aspects of what, you, what you've learned. 
if you have a problem, there's probably been a book written about it. So let's say I want to get better at a skill like public speaking or leadership. How can I use books to help me or a method you suggest to use books to improve in a specific area? Don't be afraid to niche down. You mentioned public speaking specifically, Jody, and, and that's an area I've probably read 25 or 30 books on. I mean, I've read books with regard to public speaking related to presentation design, presentation structure, presentation delivery, presentation humor. I mentioned that book uh, earlier that I'm reading on in injecting humor into your presentations. Uh, what else? How to get booked and paid to speak. So you might want to key in on one particular area. When I first started, I was fearful of public speaking. I actually didn't even realize that there were books on getting over the fear of public speaking, but some of the first books I found were on presentation design. And I hit on an idea, even though I would do this differently today, my idea then was, or my thinking then was, that's, that's going to give me more confidence if I can feel really good about my slides. And so I, I read like Gar Reynolds' uh, Presentation Zen and Nancy Duarte's Slideology to help me with presenting slides in a compelling way. And when I was nervous, I could, and again, I wouldn't do this the same way today, but I leaned heavily on my slides. I thought if my slides look awesome, people will be looking at them and not at me. But it gave me the confidence I needed early on to get past the fear and get up there and do something I was scared to do, but do it anyway, knowing that that was going to serve my career really, really well, having that skill. So that just kind of helped me get over that fear in the early going. And then later, I would read books on things like fearless speaking and books like that to get past that fear and then some of the other niche areas I talked about. So understand that when you identify a topic, you can probably niche down further from there and find books that focus on that subset of the topic. When you can key in on that and start that way and then build from there, you can get better a lot faster than you think. With this being episode 385, I know for sure Jeff Brown has at least read 384 books over the last few years. So with all those books you've read, have you noticed any common themes that come up again and again? Mm. Uh, yeah. And I would say among the authors who write them and, and, and all of them to one degree or another in the context of the books cover these areas. Um, they're all writers, obviously, so they have that in common, but there are personal habits that I have found that they all have in common, or virtually all of them have in common. And, and, and briefly, those five things are they understand the value of doing things that scare them. Uh, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said, do one thing that scares you every day. They do what I call dance with discomfort. They lean into discomfort. They understand the value of riding the wave of discomfort, that, that life is fully lived outside your comfort zone. So that's thing number one that they all practice. Thing number two is no surprise, they, they are regular readers, <laughs> right? They read daily. Thing number three is they look at their schedule through the lens of what gives them energy and what zaps energy. I would go so far as to say many of them, uh, maybe they use different colors than I do, but they look at their calendar and do an audit every so often and go, okay, what gives me energy? Let me color those things green. What zaps my energy? Let me color those things red. What neither gives nor takes? Let me color those things orange. And then step back and look at it. And if you see a lot of red, there's a problem, right? How can we inject some green in between the, those red or into those red? Another thing they do is they understand the value of a personal board of advisors. I call this assembling your advisors. Many of us are parts of, of, of mastermind groups, right? We, we meet regularly with folks who challenge us, who push us 
outsider comfort zone, going back to that to that first one. They encourage us. Uh, oftentimes, they push us to do things we might not have done on our own. And the last thing is they've mastered their mornings. They understand the value of pouring into themselves and filling their own tank before the day begins so that when the day does begin, they're ready to give it their all and impact the world in a powerful way. And though you probably didn't recognize it, there's an acronym here and the acronym is DREAM. So it's dance with discomfort, ritualize reading or re-engage with reading if it's not something you currently do, examine your energy, assemble your advisors and master your mornings. And so if you want to realize your biggest dreams and your highest priorities, you do well to do those five things. That's interesting. I like that you worked it into a acronym too. That's that's fun. <laughs> that was just for you. Good, good. Thank you. <laughs> what are some of the most common reasons you hear for people that, that give why they don't read more? And with that, what advice do you have for overcoming those obstacles? Yeah, I, I think it's important not to overwhelm yourself with reading goals. I think sometimes when people come at this and they're new to developing a reading habit, they think they've got to read a chapter in one sitting or something of that nature. But it's okay to set tiny goals. Dr. B.J. Fogg talks about this, Jody, in the book Tiny Habits, a guest on this show uh, a year or two ago. You know, coffee and books go together quite well. Uh, so if you're a coffee drinker, you're in luck. I mean, this is just one example. But if drinking coffee, uh, like me, uh, is something you already do every day, call that your anchor habit, right? That's the thing you don't even have to think about. Connect that to reading. And maybe the goal is not to read a chapter. Maybe it is just to read a page. Maybe it is just to read a paragraph. Maybe it is just to read a sentence. Or maybe your goal is when I sit down with my morning cup of coffee, I'm going to open the book. And that's it. And now we're going to celebrate that. We're going to do a Tiger Woods style fist bump, or we're going to do a victory sign and put our arms up in the air. We're going to look in the mirror and go, yes, you're awesome. And we're going to train our brain over time to understand that, well, this is something we like. This is something that's good. We need to figure out ways to make this happen more often, right? And over time, uh, you'll find that motivation to want to sit down and do that thing, even if day after day after day, for a little while, it's just opening the book. Eventually, you get to the point where, where you're like, well, I'm sitting here anyway. Why don't I just read a little bit? And before you know it, you're off to the races. Fogg talks about this in the context of having trouble developing the habit of flossing his teeth. He brushed his teeth like clockwork every day. So his tiny habit or his habit recipe, as he calls it, and we write about this in the book, is when I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth and then I'll celebrate. You know, and, and as silly as that sounds, it works. It wasn't long before he was like, well, I may as well floss two teeth since I'm here anyway. And that led to more. And now that's a habit he doesn't have to think about. It's it's an anchor habit like brushing his teeth was before. So don't be afraid to set tiny habits. Don't think that, that it's too small. And create those habit recipes where you connect the little thing you're trying to do and start with something you already do every day without thinking about it. And don't miss that last part. As goofy as it's going to feel the first few times, celebrate in a sincere way. And that's going to train your brain to want to do it more. What if I haven't read a book since college, but you convinced me that I really need to start reading? Reading's going to benefit me, my career, me personally, but I haven't read since college. So there's a couple layers to this question. One, where do I even begin? I've made the decision I want to read. Where do I begin? And then from there, talk a little bit about making it a habit and getting the most out of the books. Mm. 
Yeah, I would start with what interests you. So think about it, make a list. Okay, what topics fascinate me? What people fascinate me? Maybe what places or times in history fascinate me? And I can guarantee you that every one of those things on your list, there have been multiple books written about it or them. And especially if finding time to read is something that you're concerned about right now, but it is something you want to do more of, uh, maybe start with people that fascinate you and look for biographies written about those people and then give yourself permission to listen to those biographies. That's one of my favorite ways to consume biographies is listening to those because I read biographies for fun more than anything else. To me, that's almost like how some people view reading fiction. I love learning about you know how people came to where they are today, and I find that entertaining, but I like to listen to those versus sitting down and, and physically reading uh, the book. And, and again, as we said before, you know, not necessarily everything you read is going to require a to-do list uh, once you're done. So maybe you start with more of those entertaining type titles and give yourself permission to just allow your views on things to be impacted, whether that's confirmed or changed. I would encourage a lot of people at the start, too, to consider books. If I am going to recommend a certain genre of books, think about books related to mindset, uh, limited belief type books or overcoming limited beliefs. I think of books like John Acuff's Soundtracks, where he talks about writing new soundtracks. I think of Carol Dweck's book called Mindset. Um, Margie Worrell is a, an Australian author who's written a number of books in and around uh, this topic with titles like Train the Brave and others. And this goes back to that thing I was talking about earlier of getting outside your comfort zone, something a lot of people struggle with. Books from any one of those three authors is going to help you change your mindset so that doing things that scare you, but that you ultimately would love to accomplish, get easier. Start there and then work your way to other genres and titles after that. I have just a couple of questions, not directly related to the book, but before we go there to finish, is there anything else from the book that you want to make sure we know? I would add to make sure folks know where to get the book, and that's readtoleadbook.com. If you're listening to this and it's before August 31st, you can still get it for 40% off and get several hundred dollars in bonuses. If it's after August 31st, we hope you'll go to readtoleadbook.com. And if you're not sure yet, if you're not convinced, kick the tires. Download the introduction in the first chapter for free and check it out. I think you'll like it. Again, 40% off before August 31st. That's readtoleadbook.com. Full price after that, but you can try it out with that intro and first chapter, readtoleadbook.com. And the, I can tell you, the book is going to be just as good in September or October as it is before <laughs> August 31st. Thank you. <laughs> One of the things I have wondered as you've talked about books what is a book or two that you've encountered over your life or career that's left a lasting impression? Like the books that you recommend to other people or even revisit more than once yourself? Yeah, I go back to those five habits that uh, I mentioned many of my guests practice. And I want to recommend a book for each one of those those habits. I think uh, that's a great place to start. I mentioned Margie Worrell and a book she's got coming out in October. And she has written a number of books previous to this on this topic of not playing safe. In fact, the, the new book is called Stop Playing Safe. And I would recommend that from her with regard to getting outside your comfort zone of dancing with a discomfort. Even though I've not read it yet, I think I can can recommend it sight unseen because I have so much enjoyed her previous work. Uh, for the book to help with the reading, I, I got to give a plug to Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. That's the book I would recommend there. If that's a habit you want to form, if you need help getting more out of more books. The Energy Clock from Molly Fletcher, if you want to understand how to better leverage and take advantage of 
those green moments and have more of those versus those red moments that we talked about, the zap energy versus versus giving energy. For that fourth thing, assembling your advisors and, and putting together a group of people that uh, you meet with on a regular basis to challenge you, I recommend Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, a book from several decades ago. And Mastering Your Mornings, I recommend The Miracle Morning by uh, Hal Elrod, who has been on this show. In fact, as of today, all of those authors, except for the late Napoleon Hill, have now been on this show. So I encourage you to check all those out. So stop playing safe, read to lead, The Energy Clock, Think and Grow Rich, and The Miracle Morning. Okay, what is next? Are you working on anything related to the book that we can look forward to? Jesse and I have talked about creating some courses. Uh, down the road that help with this. In fact, uh, for those who pre-order the book, there's a mini course we created. So so that kind of got the creative juices flowing for the two of us. And we've talked about maybe doing something on a larger scale down the road. And I would like to do even more, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, I would like to continue doing and do even more training, corporate workshops, uh, speaking to executive teams and frontline employees about some of these habits, instilling a culture of reading within, within organizations that don't currently enjoy that is something that I'm truly, truly passionate about. So any opportunity that I had to do that uh, in the near future, I am, I am taking advantage of. Well, wonderful, wonderful. This has been such a treat. I'm so glad you joined to talk about the Read to Lead book. You can get it at readtoleadbook.com. And Jeff mentioned if you do it before August 31st, there's some fun bonuses that come with it, including the audio book. Jeff, is the audio book narrated by you? Yeah, Jesse and I uh, teamed up on that. He does about half the chapters. I do about half the chapters. Uh, thankfully, there were 14 chapters. There was an even number of chapters, so we didn't have to fight over who got to do more chapters. But uh, but yeah, we do, we share that load, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's good. I look forward to listening as well, because reading it's one thing. Hearing Jeff Brown and Jesse narrate it, I know, is going to be another experience. So, Jeff Brown, thank you so much for trusting me with the Read to Lead microphone. Well, you did a great job. Thank you so much, Jody, for stepping in and doing this. I know it was a huge responsibility, but again, I felt uh, I needed to honor that that promise to you years ago. I have had numerous people over the last several months say, hey, I want to come on and interview you on your podcast when you when your book comes out. And I'm like, nope, that spot's already taken. That's Jody Mayberry. Well, I appreciate it so much, Jeff Brown. It's It's an honor to have done so. And and I know we talked about that years ago. And who would have thought it would really come true here in 2021? Well, least of all me. But here we are in 2021. And that book is out on August 31st. If you're hearing this and it's before August 31st, you still have time to save 40% when you go to read to lead book. Com. And while you're there, be sure to follow the instructions to grab those nearly $500 in pre-order bonuses that include the audiobook, a mini course, and several other items. Readtoleadbook.com. I so appreciate your support over the years and your vote of confidence by ordering a copy of the book right now. It means so very, very much to me. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking it out for so long and waiting eight years for me to get around to writing a book. It truly has been a rewarding process. I want to thank those who've endorsed the book, Dan Miller, Pamela Wilson, Brian Tracy, Mark Miller, Mark Victor Hansen, John Acuff, Michael Hyatt, Stephen M. R. Covey, and Seth Godin. And as I say in the dedication of this book, to everyone who has ever listened to the Read to Lead podcast, without your support the last eight years, 
this book would simply not exist. You know, some would say if I was a smart man, I'd just go ahead and end the Read to Lead podcast right now and let this be the last episode. <laughs> but I'm not doing that, at least not anytime soon. We have more author interviews to look forward to for the foreseeable future, and I hope you'll come back next week when our guest will be Jimena Bengochea, and we'll talk about her book, Listen Like You Mean It. Again, that's next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Well, that does it for this very special episode 385. Thank you again for being here. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. And bye, read to lead. 